Well, it's good to see everybody, and um, as you can tell, we're uh, continuing to talk about distractions uh, today, and the idea that I posed last week of, do I have your attention from the perspective of God asking that question to us, does he have your attention? And so, yes, very much the things that, that we're doing, for example, the ugly slides, are an intentional kind of distraction, if you will, to, uh, to get the point across. And yes, if you thought I was going to get through this series without breaking out the red pants, um, you were wrong, because here they are. But, you know, life pushes and pulls us in various directions all the time, and there is always a battle for our attention. There's always a battle for our attention, and, and everything that you, that you look at from everything that we are involved in to all the different things in our life, there is a battle for our attention at any given time, and some of it is terrible and can ultimately destroy us, and, and at the same time, giving attention, though, to the things above, to the things of God, to the things that, that he believes our attention should be focused on, those are the things that bring us life. Those are the things that bring us life. And the enemy wants us, wants us to be distracted from the things that really matter most. You know, an average human being's attention span today uh, is about 8.2 seconds. 8.2 seconds. Now, that's actually down from, 20, uh, from 2000, from the year 2000. In 21 years, we actually had uh, a 12-second uh, attention span in the year 2000. So good job, humans. Um, we're down to 8.2 seconds. Funny enough, uh, they, they say, they, uh, that a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. I don't know how you measure that, but we're not even doing good enough to, you know, beat a goldfish in this, in this area, right? We're, we're distracted so often, and everything that we're involved in is pulling our attention one way or another. Um, distractions, they shift our focus, they shift our focus from something important to something of lesser importance. And usually, and I know for me, and probably for yourself as well, it's a moment-by-moment -moment thing. And, and if we can keep ourselves focused on the Lord, if we can keep ourselves focused on God, if we can pay careful attention to how we live, if we can understand how important that is, we will see God's will in our life in a much clearer way because we are living as wise as it says in Ephesians chapter five. Look at this verse in Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 17. You can follow along with me in the Bible app today. Um, we're gonna be jumping around a little bit in the New Testament. Um, so if you are uh, watching online um, or you're here and you have the Bible app on your phone, you can feel free to, uh, to follow along there, but just stay in the Bible app. Don't let the rest of your phone distract you, right? So here's, here's what it says. So then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. As Paul's writing this, he's really saying, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. It was a thing back then in, in you know, first century, uh, you know, Jerusalem, and, uh, you know, where he's, where he's writing this in, in well, Ephesus. But at the same time, if, it was, if, if things were a distraction and it was worth calling it out then, how much more do we need to call this out now to, to make the most of our time because the days are evil? It's an important thing. We can't get distracted. The days are evil. We need to keep our focus on what the Lord wants and what he's calling us to and put the enemy in his place. 
So let me ask you this question. Considering the day and age in which we live and the things that, that we're around, are you conditioned to distraction? Are you conditioned to distraction? Think about that for a minute. Are you completely conditioned to distractions in your life? Let me give you some stats. Um, YouTube, for example. We've all heard of this, yes? It's actually the, uh, the second largest search engine in the world. Um, a lot of times we just look at it as a video thing, which it is, but it's also the, uh, the second largest search engine in the world because a lot of times if you're looking for answers to things and how to do things, you can find so many things on YouTube. Um, do you know the, the average amount of time people spend viewing sessions on YouTube on a mobile device, just, just mobile, this is just mobile, average amount of time, 40 minutes. 40 minutes we spend on average on YouTube just on a mobile device. The average amount of views, by the way, that's up 50% from last year. The average amount of views on a mobile YouTube every day, one billion with a B, one billion views. Mobile, total YouTube views per day, five billion on YouTube. Every day, they even say that um, an average of about 300 hours of footage is up uploaded to YouTube every single minute. 300 hours is uploaded. So, hey buddy, hey guys. So, my question about are you conditioned to distraction? Some of you were completely distracted by that. For me, I didn't even see it. That's an average day in my house, right? <laughs> Are you conditioned to distraction? How many things like that do we get used to? Because my point is, is that we don't even notice some of the things that are distracting us and pulling us away from the Lord. We don't even notice, and worse yet, we're maybe not even willing to call them out for what they are, if we're gonna be honest with ourselves. Look at what Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 12. John, chapter 12, here's what he says. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies and produces many seeds, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life for this world will keep it for eternal life. So, what's Jesus saying here? Before we can truly see God's best for us, we need to let some things die. We need to let some things die in our life. A seed is not gonna become a plant unless it's buried. It's not gonna become a plant unless it's buried, in which case it then grows and we get more seeds from that. But you know, when things become a distraction to our love of Jesus, to our love for Christ, we are called to cut those things out and to cut those things away so that we can stay connected to Jesus. So that we can stay connected to him in, in heart and in mind. And that can be tough. That can be tough because we, we need to, to call those things out. And so let me ask you this obvious question. What are your weapons of mass distraction? Like, is that really loud hum that's coming from my microphone distracting anybody right now? Or is it just me? Can I... Can I hear it? No, it's, it's a woo, right? Weapon of mass distraction happening right now. We had a microphone issue last week. Why not have one today? This is not intentional either. But the, 
Here's the question. What are your weapons of mass distraction? Let's be honest with ourselves. Is it media? Is it the mainstream media? Is it politics and things like that? That's been a distraction for all of us over this past year. Regardless of what side of the aisle you're going to fall on, that that has been a distraction for everybody. What about Facebook and social media? That can definitely be a distraction. We, we stay on those things way too many times. I don't know, for those of you that have an iPhone, I don't know about Androids, but for an iPhone, there's actually a, a thing on here called screen time that, that, is, that Apple just put on that lets you monitor how much time you spend on your phone in different apps. Like, why do we even need that? But we do. Why? Because we get distracted. And, and I would be, if you do have an iPhone, I would encourage you, if you've never looked at that, go look at your screen time stats. It'll blow your mind how much time you're spending on things that don't really matter, that are probably distractions. What about YouTube? We've talked about that one. What about things like exercise? You're like, wait a minute, that's good. Yeah, can be. Eating, dieting, or the other way around, those things can be distractions. What about work? We use work as a distraction, don't we? We get, we get maybe involved in, in, in different things or something's happening in our life and I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna dive into, into work here because that's gonna, that's gonna get me away from what is going on right now in life. What about worry? We get worried and we let worry be a distraction to us. We accept responsibility that God never intended us to have because we're because we're, we're worried about a particular thing instead of giving it over to the Lord. Maybe it's relationships, whether it's friendships or actual like relationship relationships. Those things can be a distraction. Even if, even if you feel like it's a, it's a good, healthy relationship, is it, is it affecting your relationship with the Lord? Because if it is, you may want to weigh that out a little bit. Here, here's my challenge to you right now. This afternoon, um, the NCAA is going to be putting out the, the bracket, right? And we all, well, maybe not we all, some of us, fill out our brackets. What about you? What about your weapon of mass distraction bracket for yourself? Be honest with yourself. Maybe you can even call out a couple of them right now. I hope that the Holy Spirit is maybe talking to each and every one of us because it may be different for all of us. In fact, I'm positive it is. Maybe there's a few things on that list and, and you need to kind of fill out a bracket for yourself. I'll even say this, if you've got somebody that's maybe an accountability partner, whether it's a spouse or a friend, maybe it's somebody that's sitting here, yes, I'm giving you permission, text them right now. Here's, here's one of my weapons of mass distraction. Even write it down. Accountability is something that's going to keep you focused, keep you from getting distracted because you're being accountable to someone else. That can be super helpful. But let me just ask it this way, what needs to die in your life so that your relationship with Jesus can truly live for him? What's pulling your focus away from the Father? We all more than likely have something, and it might be something you love. It may not be something that's necessarily bad, because a lot of times when we think about distractions, we think about things that are bad. I'm gonna get to that in a minute, but you know, anything that comes before the Lord anything that comes before the Lord has got to be knocked down a notch. It has to. And we need to call it out and call it for what it is. Listen to what Jesus says about our dedication to him. Look at this next verse here in Luke chapter 14. So large crowds were traveling with Jesus and he turned to them and he said, if anyone comes to me 
does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Okay, did it really say that? Like, hate? I'm supposed to hate my family? What? what? Jesus didn't really say that, did he? You just read it. He did. However, let's put things in context, and let's look, look at things the right way as we should, and look at the point that Jesus is making here. Because we're not supposed to hate our family. Surely we're not supposed to do that. But, but what he's showing is the dedication and focus that we need to have to follow Jesus and striving to be more like him. These verses in, in Luke, they say that our, our commitment to him should be above all things. That's the point that he was making. Granted, you, you need to, to notice at the beginning of that, it said that large crowds were following him. So a lot of what Jesus was saying was also kind of... Um, drawing some dividing lines for those that were just walking around to see the circus and, and wanting to see the next parlor trick, if you will. He was, he was really trying to get, get it weeded down to the people that were actually wanting to follow Jesus and really follow Jesus. But our commitment to Jesus should be over all things, even family. And that may sound tough, but let me continue to break that down as we go through here. Because in respect to how much we love and work for God, it may appear as though we care more for God than we do for our family. And you know what? What Jesus is saying is that we should. And that's a pretty bold and dedicated and intense level to go there. But Jesus doesn't leave any room for anything else. Jesus was saying that a true disciple comes to him without reservation and puts Jesus as number one. Other relationships, they need to be a lower priority than Jesus. That's all there is to it. They need to be a lower priority than faithfulness and obedience to the Lord. And, and he keeps going. He keeps going here. Look at verse 28. It says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, Everyone who sees it will ridicule you. Okay, this one hits a little close to home, doesn't it? I could have just skipped over this one. Believe me when I tell you that this verse and this principle of what Jesus is talking about here is something that we as a leadership team have looked at when it comes to the new building and all of that, but that's not what Jesus was getting at here. Jesus is not talking necessarily, that, yes, the principles are there, but, but he's not giving a, a lesson on, on borrowing or not borrowing. He's trying to prove a point because he's, he's, he's talking about this from a, on a personal level when it comes to the fact of are we truly counting the cost or are we true, too distracted to truly follow Jesus? Do you have a weapon of mass distraction in your life that you aren't counting, that maybe you're conditioned to and you're not counting it, that maybe is threatening your relationship with the Lord? Now, what do I mean by that? Because when we think of threats, when I say the word threat, we usually think of something negative. Rightfully so, we usually think of something negative there, but that's, that's not always the case, is it? Think about this. The greatest threat to the best often comes from second best. Get your head around that for a second. The greatest threat 
to the best often comes from second best, such as love for family relationships, for example. That's one. The big threat is not necessarily something bad or terrible all the time. It's something good most of the time. And we get our priorities in the wrong order. So you're like, okay, Jay, are you, are you saying like I shouldn't care about my family? Like, where are you really going with this? Is, is my family a distraction? Well, in a manner of speaking, maybe. But let me, let me tell you exactly where, where we're going with this now because our priority list is really what ends up becoming the problem because it should be God, number one, spouse, number two, kids, next, ministry, next, work. That is the priority list. And unfortunately, because we're human, we get these things in the wrong order because we do love our kids and we love our family and we love our spouse and all of those things. But we end up moment by moment, maybe day by day, we end up even unintentionally, and I would say 90% of the time it's unintentionally, we're, we're putting things in the wrong order. And when we do that, that trickle-down effect is damaged and it doesn't work the way it's intended to be. When we get it rearranged, we get distracted. Look at Luke 14, 33. As Jesus keeps going, he says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Poof. This is tough. This is tough stuff. Jesus must be number one. This is what he's saying. You want to not get distracted? Jesus is number one. He is number one above all. And when he is, hear me on this now, surely he is not going to, not, to deny us loving our families well. That's a biblical principle. Of course God wants us to love our families well, without a doubt, because that is in the Bible. But hear me on this. Putting Jesus first is loving your family well. Putting Jesus first is loving your family well. Men, dads, grandpas, uncles, listen to me for a second. Because putting Jesus first is being a real man. That is being a real man. This world is in desperate need of real men of God who are fighting for the relationships with Jesus which in turn equates to fighting for your family and not being distracted by the junk of this world. The best thing that I can do for my family is to put Jesus number one, because when Jesus is number one in my life, it makes me a better husband, which is my number one relationship down from Jesus, is my relationship with my awesome wife. And then from that, it's my relationship with my kids because if I'm a better husband, it makes me a better father. And if I'm a better father, it will make me a better pastor. And if I'm a better pastor, you see the trickle-down effect from there. And when we get that in the wrong order, which we do and I do, all of us do, but we need to call it out so that we can see things for what they are. When we get it in the wrong order, then we get distracted. In this world, Ladies, moms, grandmas, aunts, same, same thing. This world, this next generation, they need you to put Jesus first in your life. They need you because that's what's best for them. What is best for your kids? Because I, I know my, my wife's the same way. You know, what, what's best for, for my kids is, is the thing that I want to do. And, and I, I get that because I'm, I'm the same way. But at the same time, look at me. What's best for your kids is for you to put Jesus first in your life 
and let the trickle-down effect happen from there and to keep your priority list in the right order. And if we haven't identified what our weapons of mass distraction are in our life, then it's going to be really hard for us to do that because we're going to keep justifying to ourselves the things that keep pulling us away from Jesus, and then he really isn't number one. So let's call them out. Let's call them out. Let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with God. Let's count the cost. Let's get used to seeing them for what they are. And that's why my connection point is this. Get used to seeing your distractions as second best. When we put things in the proper order and we see our distractions as second best, as those things in our life, even if that means we're quantifying our family, I know that's hard to hear and that's hard to say out loud. Like, man, so I should put my, my family second. And to Jesus, yeah. Because putting Jesus first is giving your family the best. I'm not saying that, that your kids or, or your family personally are a distraction all the time or anything like that. Don't, don't necessarily hear it that way. But what I'm saying is that our priority list and the way in which we prioritize them can be a distraction from our relationship with Jesus. But if they are elevated over Jesus, hear this, we're giving them second best. I'm giving my wife second best if I elevate her over Jesus. That's the truth. Anything other than Jesus is second best. Good enough should not be in our vocabulary. That's a statement I have a hard time um, saying. I'm, I'm not a good enough person. Ask anybody that's worked with me. <laughs> I, I don't like, I, I don't settle for good enough. Very rarely do I. It's a, it shouldn't be in our vocabulary though when it comes to Jesus as well. Because you know what? It wasn't in his vocabulary. Jesus didn't say, well, I'll do good enough. He gave us everything. He, he didn't give us second best. Yet how often, how often do we give him second best? Look at John 15. It says that the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And that kind of love that Jesus has for us is not second best kind of love. It's not leftover love. It's, it's love. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Love that is unchanging, that is perfect, that is close, that is personal, that cannot be measured. Jesus did not give you good enough. He gave you the best. There's a statement I, I like that, that goes like this. Your first compromise becomes your new standard. Your first compromise becomes your new standard. It's a good leadership principle. It's a good business principle. But it's, a, it's an even better uh, walk with Jesus principle. Your first compromise becomes your new standard. Where have we maybe allowed a distraction as something we've just allowed to stay there and it's become our new standard because we compromised once, twice, daily. I don't know. I don't know where that is for you. See, when we say, when we stay connected to Jesus, when we say he is number one, by following his commands, we remain in his love. 
we remain in his love and our distractions can no longer pull us aside, or at least not as easy, or easy as they could. So let's get used to seeing our distractions as second best. Will you bow with me for prayer? And as we do bow, and as we do continue to, to let the music play for a second, I hope that the Holy Spirit has put something or maybe some things on your heart and on your mind that have become weapons of mass distraction in your life that are pulling you from putting Jesus number one in your life. And I hope that you can be honest with the Lord and honest with yourself about what those things are. But maybe one of the biggest distractions in your life is the fact that you're not even sure if you have a relationship with Jesus, that you're not even sure if you're going to be in heaven with him one day. And if that is a distraction for you, then that is something that, that you can know for sure right here, right now, by putting your faith in him, by trusting him for your eternal life. Because God created you to be with him, and it's our sin that separates us from him. It's the things that we do, the, the times that we, that we disobey, that we get distracted. Those are the things that separate us from God, and there's nothing we can do to remove those things. We can try to be as good as we want, but it's never going to be good enough. And that's why Jesus came. So he paid the price for you and for me, for anyone and everyone to have life that can start now and last forever. And all you need to do is pray and call out to him and ask him to save you. And if you want to know more about that, I'd love to talk to you today. You can either uh, come see me here. You can go to the Orange Wall. Love to, uh, we, have, we have other staff members and people that would love to show you what God's word has to say about that. If you're watching online, you can go to connectchurch.xyz next and find out more. Jesus, I thank you so much for this time that we've been able to get together, Lord. And I thank you for the way that your word is just so clear and truthful. Lord, that, you're, that you don't hold anything back. That, that, Lord, you gave us the best. But God, we're, we're fallible. We're, we're sinful. We get distracted. Lord, the things of this world pull us aside and pull us away. And the enemy loves to use those things. And so... Lord, I pray we can keep our focus on you, that we can be honest with you and honest with ourselves about what is distracting us and keeping us from you remaining number one in our life. Remind us today as we go into this afternoon, as we go into this week, Lord, I pray that you would just continually remind us of, of those moments, those times where we're getting distracted and, and we're not looking to you. Father, it's hard. We need your Holy Spirit. We need you every minute of every day. And Father, if there is one that doesn't know you as Savior, that hasn't put their faith in you, Lord, I pray that today might be the day that they do. Thank you for this time that we were able to get together and worship. Lord, I pray that we can walk out of here challenged and changed. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.